someone was out there throwing a spear last weekend, what did you do? Today's show is sponsored by our friends at Spartan Race. And yes, throwing a spear is part of it. There's a lot of other things going on there in the race as well. Make a public commitment. Put a date on the calendar. Let's do a Spartan Race together. If you use code SPARTANDAD, that's code SPARTANDAD, you'll get 25% off any race. For those wanting to race in Nashville, I have a way you can get your whole race paid for. Reach out to me. Check out Spartan Race. Use code SPARTANDAD. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. If you are a store, you're a group, you're a blog, you're a podcast, you're a distillery, whatever it is, you need laser edge glassware at wholesale prices. Reach out to me. I'd be happy to get you in touch with the whole family behind distilleryproducts.com doing amazing things. We use them. You should too at distilleryproducts.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coors. Whether it's the chaser, the traveler, the camper, the barrels, the roto-molded coolers, be the coolest dad this summer at the pool, at the beach, camping, whatever it is you're doing at orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON for 20% off your order. That's code DADSEASON for 20% off your order. And make sure you check out coming this summer. They're going to have their 10th anniversary cooler. It's going to be pretty cool. And then you can laser on that chaser teeny. You can put logos on there, custom stuff it's going to be really cool use code dad season for 20 percent off at orcacoolers.com zeke i've been saving this i know that typically with the type of guests that we have today i would say let's forego a cold open and let's just get right to it because you'd be so excited especially the fact that we are talking about grand marier today like you've been giddy all day but i am going to give you a second gift this is like zeke's birthday today don't let me down i bought jorts today oof I'm supposed to be excited. You are because the unlimited amount of trolling you're probably going to give me, but I'm very excited about these jorts. I tried to make some jorts before we went to the Garth Brooks concert because I was going to show up wearing jorts, but they weren't tight enough and they looked way too loose and relaxed. So I got these new jorts. Well, your wife, as far as I know, is a Florida grad and coming from the University of Georgia, I've chanted more times than I can count. Gators wear jean shorts. Maybe it'll get you somewhere. So I came home today. I took my daughter to dance recital practice. She has a big dance recital this weekend. And I came home and I was all excited because I felt like I was looking good. And I was like, all right, you know, my wife's going to see me. I'm looking good, feeling good, feeling great. And she goes, you bought jorts? Why? <laughs> everyone my name is john edwards with me as always is zeke baker and together we make the dad's drink of bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us part of your day i'm really disappointed i thought you were going to take and run the jorts like things that i think is it too much low-hanging fruit for you zeke baker is that like not good do you need to be challenged more i mean somewhere i went in this place in my mind where you threw out the birthday thing and I kind of reverted back to like these times my mom would be like, you got you the best thing ever. You're going to love this. And then you open it and you're like, what the, what am I ever going to do with this? Oh, you like, mean, why? so I hyped it too much. So it was my fault. Yeah. It was just like, oh mm. man, you want to be excited about that? Do, 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 do. I just figured like your mind would have been like, I am going to give him so much shit this summer. And I thought you I mean, would have I got will excited. If I see pictures. If I, as soon as I see pictures, don't worry. But uh, you, you know me, I like to work for my trolls. I, I, I don't really go for low hanging fruit too much. 
the people who are on here, I don't want them to be disappointed. There's oh dear God. <laughs> Do you feel like it's your birthday now, Zeke? <laughs> Zeke's chugging Grand Marnier to get this taste out of his mouth. I might have to go an early shot for that one. <laughs> I thought you looked great, John. Thank you. you. Great. Oh, John, they turned it up. <laughs> And of course, that is the one, the only, you know him, you love him. He's been on the show before. Mr. Galen Johnson, what, what is your title now? Because we've been following your career as you've been moving up at Campari. Like you run the state in something now, don't you? I, well, yeah. Um, hey guys, what's up? So um, I'm the, I'm the DM. So it's interesting. I think that's kind of funny the way they, uh, they've got the, uh, the, the titles. Andy, through whom we met um, and was introduced, uh, he's a state manager. So he is actually my line manager. So he runs a lot of financials and all the things that we're dealing with. And I'm sort of just face, feet on the street, just pulsing, trying to make sure that we are always uh, relevant and continue to be relevant and trying to put out fires and such. And crisscrossing from city to city and moving around in that capacity. But um, I think all we're trying to do right now is just find product. And try to figure out and glass product and glass glass we are now supply chain coordinators um so you know we are just trying to get as much as we can back to normal <laughs> uh, spinners of fantasy and mystery well i want to thank you my friend because you brought this amazing person to us he is the national brand ambassador for grand marnier this is one thing I'm not hyping too much. I can't tell you enough how excited Zeke was to do a show. He's wanted to do this show for a very, very long time. And that is Mr. Xavier Harit from Campari, from Grand Marnier. Thank you so much for joining Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Well, uh, John and Zeke, thank you so much for having me. And uh, John, you say the name right. It sounds almost like, almost like a French a French guy, French person. So <laughs> my only exposure to French, I took Spanish in school. I, I did watch a little bit of Muzzy as a kid. I don't know if you remember that. Like it was a little cartoon that it was before. Um, what's the thing people do to learn language now? It's the Ro Rosetta Stone. Yeah. It was before yeah. Rosetta Stone. There was this cartoon Muzzy. And I just remember the commercial. It was like, Je suis la jeune vie. And then like there was this whole thing where it's like, um, Je m'appelle Jacques. And then like you saw it, it was an animated thing that let you learn how to speak. Maybe we should go back to the roots then. <laughs> I am batting a thousand today. I mean, I'm going to shut up more, but welcome. So so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. Well, um, I've been with, uh, it's funny, it's my first role on the brand side. Uh, so I've been with Garmanier for almost three years now uh, as a brand ambassador for the United States, um, which is kind of weird. Is we kind of lost a year and a half of normal life. So uh, when I started with Gormani, I didn't really do, was able to do a full year traveling because everything was on pause. Uh, so um, I think I really, I'm really embracing the job um, entirely now this year where we can see, because I'm covering a lot of different cities, markets. I'm basically have to be available wherever they need me in the United States, which is also amazing. But before that, before to go more into my role with Gormani, because uh, there's a lot of exciting things with I love, I love also talking about Gourmandier. It's part of my heart. I grew up with Gourmandier my entire life. But before that, I was in the restaurant business. And um, so I came in uh, New York City in 2003. So 
I like to consider myself a New Yorker with a strong French accent. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been there for a very, very long time. What did you do in restaurants before you moved over to the brand side? Were you bartending, moving up, and then you know more and more into management roles? I I think I tried a a lot of always around the bar and the cocktail the cocktail scene. Uh, I used to run the uh, the bar program for Chef Daniel Boulou. So Daniel has a a two Michelin star restaurant on 65 Street and Park Avenue in the Upper East Side, and uh, and I, uh, I had an amazing venture with him, and uh, I was able uh, to run multiple bar programs along the corporate, uh, open his restaurant in Beijing, in London. So it's it's been an amazing venture. So that was one part of my career, which is I'm very, I'm very thankful to have learned so much working very tightly with chefs, using amazing products. Because the Mission Star restaurant, you work with seasonal fruit, you work with, you have access to every, every produce. Uh, but I also was able to work in different uh, types of places. I opened also Experimental Cote Club in Lower East Side with Nico de Soto. She's a, uh, definitely one of the top bartenders, I think, right now, worldwide. And uh, I learned also different styles of cocktails. I used to call the restaurant back in the days called Wallflower, which is closed now. And also, I, re- I run FNB. Uh, department, food and beverage department in hotels. So I think I like to see I touch a lot of different side of this business uh, before, and I enjoyed it. It was it was very great, but I was like, hey, do I want to do it again? Do I do I want to maybe spend this industry require a lot of hours, a lot of time, and and it's of course you got to be passionate when you do that. But uh, I think to me, it's I think very thankful when uh, when company group approached me and said, hey, would you be interested to to work for Grand Marnier and talk about Grand Marnier. And so I was like, it took me some time to take the decision to say yes. I mean, you had uh, to take the pay cut too, right? <laughs> yes. It, it, I, I think at the end, it's, what's very important is to, um, no matter what you do in, in the life, it's, uh, you got to be excited about it. And, uh, and you got to find this balance between being happy in your private life and being happy. So if you really love your job, you do not count hours. You do not count because everything comes organically. And, uh, and, and, and uh, this is the way I feel with Gourmandier. It's just, I, I'm, I'm still able to be in, con- in connection with this industry, that, which is, I really love. We're still permanently growing every day with new bartenders, new cocktails. And really, my role is to continue to get people excited about the brand and, and, and going all over the country. And also, I love to say, New York is a great city, but there's a great cocktail scene everywhere in America in so many cities. So when I go to DC, Atlanta, Portland, the West Coast, it, it's, so it's really inspiring to see how well are the bartenders doing nowadays and to see the cocktail scene growing up and everyone, now, everywhere you go, you can get a great old fashioned. Uh, 15 years ago, it was probably a fruit salad with some sherry models and a, and a slice of orange and, and, and tons of fruit inside. So I'd like to say how, how the cocktail is great. Sorry, I went into a big introduction, but yes. And what about you? I mean, we, we know you're a bartender. We know that you know your way around. You've developed cocktail programs. But what did you get started on? Were you started on cognac or did you start on different spirits and then kind of found your way there? What's your go-to Obviously, it's going to be Grand Marnier now, but I mean, what was your go-to before? I think there's a time for every good thing, a time of the day. Uh, um, there's nothing wrong to get a beer and a shot. 
it's the happiest thing that can happen on a late night. <laughs> uh, I think not- you you roll the same way we do. I mean, we're we're very open that it's not always bourbon, and sometimes you just got to get a big old glass of gin and put a bunch of ice in it, and just sip it. Like there there's a bunch of stuff. It's different things for different times. Uh, but I like to say I'm also a big fan right now of uh, mezcal. Uh, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, we have, I love every every spirits. However, mezcal is the one that I'm still very excited about because it's still very, love mezcal is still very artisanal. And uh, and, uh, and uh, once you go, uh, uh, I was lucky to go in Oaxaca City uh, last year for the first time. And I was able to try so many great mezcal that we will never see in the United States because it's such a small production. But I love to see it's still very family. Uh, there's a whole the whole process behind. If I have to pick, of course, after Grand Marnier, <laughs> if I have to pick uh, another spirit I really like to to drink, it's definitely mezcal, of course. All right. At this point, Zeke, uh, I'm just going to let you take over. I mean, <laughs> everything about you two is pretty spot on, except, uh, I mean, you both have accents. There's a lot that both of you have going on. You you drink a whole variety of things. You love Mezcal. You love Grand Marnier. All right, Zeke, floor is yours. Yeah, I found my new best friend, I think, very easily. <laughs> Although we're never going to understand what the other one says. We'll just have to, like, look and nod, you know, like, and just, you know, maybe point a little bit or something. <laughs> there's, there's no subtitle. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. Uh <laughs> John, I know you've got other questions and I, I you know, no, no, I, no. I mean, down. if you're going to jump in before 30 minutes, I'm excited about this. So go ahead. I think oh, Zeke is just ready to sample. Honestly, I think he's just so Galen, let him, oh, no, if no. the man's going to ask a question and pull some weight here, don't discourage no. him. I, I think I'm going to put some weight on it. Z. The only other thing I was going to say is because I'm not as smart as you are about Grand Marnier. I want to know a little bit about the brand. And I just know sometimes it tastes a little orange. Uh, You put it in a lot of cocktails, but you can have it neat and it tastes good. That's basically what I know. So knowing what I know, Xavier, fill me in a little bit on this spirit sure I, I think to me which is really great with Gomani has been established for a very long time uh, um, I grew up myself in uh, in France uh, my parents always had a bottle of Gomani in their bar uh, my grandmother always had a bottle of, of Gomani in her kitchen so it's been around for a long time it's uh, uh, the necessary uh, uh, liquor that everyone has in, in their home um, at least in France and I hope it is so in a state for a lot of people um, me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's from so which is amazing is to represent a brand that's been established for a long time. Everyone knows Gomani. Sometimes um, I, I think uh, the I can see the new generation of bartenders sometimes kind of have a bottle a bit on the side. And my role is to get people excited again sometimes and also educate them about what to do with Gomani uh, because there's a lot of versatility behind, behind it. To me, what's, what is very very fascinating is the story behind it. It's the, and I don't want to make it like a whole presentation, but I no, we'll get it. past this quick. I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah, saying, sure. but I asked because I don't know. So I would love to know a little bit about this and it's not marketing. You know, explain to me cause I'm a dummy and that's kind of what we do here. Sure. So to me, if you can, uh, I always uh, tell people, if you can describe Gourmandier in one sentence, if you can tell your clients or your guests, this will be the best description. Gourmandier is a cognac based 
orange liquor. If you can't say that, you already said 50% of my one-hour training. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a bit more to that. But this is really the, 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 the most important message about Gormanier is we blend cognac with a bitter orange liqueur. And this is what makes Gormanier very premium. And it's, we have tons of great orange liqueur on the market. It's very important to make a difference between the two types of orange family, what we call either the triple sec, which is a neutral-based spirits with a bitter orange liqueur, or the curassos. And the, cura, the, the curasso family is an age-based spirit blended with an orange liqueur. So Gormani is part of the curasso family. Uh, so it's a very important fact. Because we use cognac, that gives us a lot of versatility behind it. And we mentioned about, hey, like today we're going to test the whole portfolio. And it's great. We can drink it neat, but also we can drink it on the rocks. And we, we can talk also after about everything we can do with it. But one of the most popular cocktails in America, it's the Margarita. And, and it's definitely one of the most popular for Grand Marnier. What I like also to highlight is there's so much more you can do with it. Uh, it pairs very well with coffee. You can add Grand Marnier with bourbon, like a Grand Marnier of fashion. It's delicious. Uh, we can, you can pair it with any kind of spirit, tequila, mezcal, wine in a sangria. So I, I love to see it. I always, I'm more excited to see, hey, there's so much more you can do with Gourmet. And it's really, really exciting when you see people start to create cocktails from classics to, to new ones. I guess that, that would be the best introduction for Gourmet. One thing I, I really, really would love to, to highlight behind it's cognac, I think, is a very exciting spirit, uh, eau de vie. And cognac sales even went up last year in America. And I can see more and more people drinking cognac. So this is for us an exciting news. I see people, more people drinking sidecar, for example. Sidecar is kind of this old classic cocktail, but not everyone's drinking too much. And this is, uh, again, another way to enjoy uh, Gourmet inside with, with cognac. But yeah, please, uh, John, if you have any other questions, because. Is there, I guess, a, um, like a story or a fable as far as when Grand Marnier was originally conceived? You know, how someone came up with the notion, put it together, you know, someone bored one night, had too many pours, and thought, you know, I'm going to try to mix these profiles together now i'm just going to make it you know into a brand or a product or something there is actually a a, a beautiful story behind it it's it's um i would say it's a family story um uh, so the distillery was first founded in 1827 and uh, it was located first in the suburb of paris and back in the days we were making fruit liquors creme de cassis creme de pêche very popular the distillery was called the l'apostol this uh, uh distillery the second generation of the lap of uh, the l'apostol family Eugene started to get really excited about cognac. So he was going all the way from the suburb of Paris to the southwest of France to collect some cognac for his own consumption. At the same time, he hired a young apprentice. His name was Louis-Alexandre Marnier, which, of course, the name sounds very familiar. And Louis-Alexandre Marnier really, really helped to... Uh, he also got excited about this cognac and started to play around and start to blend cognac with a bitter orange liqueur which became Gourmandier. So it's how everything started. But also, Louis Alexandre fell in love not just with cognac, but with his boss daughter, Julie L'Apostole. It was the union, actually, of two families for the best. Uh, and, uh, and one cool thing is, if you look at uh, uh, the bottle of Gourmandier, there's a wax stamp on it. And this is actually the name of the two families, uh, L'Apostole, Marnier. So it's really one cool fact. I think every bottle's when you read bottles, you see a lot of signs and marks and, and little clues that they leave on the bottles. But that tells a lot about, uh, about, uh, about the spirits, how Gormani got created. However, 
1880 is a very important date for us because 1880 was the birth date of Gormani Cornouge. So this is really where everything started. Uh, this is where this blend of cognac and bitter orange liqueur was born. So what does Cordon Rouge translate to in English? Very good question. Uh, it stands for red ribbon. So if you look at the bottle here, you will see this with the red ribbon that we have here across uh, the bottle. So Xavier, a, uh, I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. No, but a, a, a question I had was, being that cognac was kind of, I guess, like the creme de la creme or like the spirit for France, when someone came up with a blend that mingled in, you know, this orange bitter liqueur, was it well received? Or folks like, hey, you, you're altering or deterring the, the, the core product of the country here. Like, what's going on? It, it was very received. Uh, the proof is we, uh, right away in uh, 1890, Gormani was already uh, exported everywhere in the world. And we found actually, um, so I did some research with a cocktail historian from France named Fernando Castellon uh, during the pandemic when we, everything was virtual. So we have actually two more time to come out with different uh, 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 sessions. I mean, we have only virtual things to keep us connected. Uh, so we did some research and uh, found one of the oldest cocktails with Gormarnier, uh, which was uh, created in 1896. It was called a Gormarnier Punch. Uh, it was in, uh, created in the Missouri at the, at the Planters Hotel. And it was actually a blend of uh, cognac, Jamaican rum, Gormarnier lemon juice, and seasonal fruit. So we kind of recreated the recipe, and this is delicious. I like to see coming back in the in the history. We found some really really cool recipes with, and that tells us that Gourmandier was already also exported right away. I would say that's one of the things that I love together is Gourmandier and uh, and rum and Jamaican rum. It is, it is a marriage that just is, my God. There are times that I mean, even and and, and becomes and I think because of the premium nature of the spirits, the aging of those spirits, uh, I have had. The, we have a product, uh, I know we're, we're talking Grimonier, but we have a, a product that's uh, the fi- a 15-year Appleton that, that I have taken some of the 15-year Appleton, and, and Xavier will know in the bartender world, the 50-50. So half of the fi- Appleton 15 and half of the Centenaire, and that's it, with probably just a minute amount of dilution, and it is heaven. It is literally heaven. It's, it's, it's just heavenly. I love to say that, Galen, because it really showcase but how Gomani can pairs very well with so many spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's don't forget that one of the most popular, I would say, tropical tiki drinks uh, was a Mai Tai. And the, yeah. one, of the, one of the Mai Tai recipes was with Gomani yeah. because it was uh, used in the curacao in Mai Tai. So it really, really, uh, it's really uh, amazing to see when you dig into the history, how you can find some lot of recipes with Gomani. And uh, it's, I'm amazed to always discover Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is usually in every Manhattan. I'm known as a Manhattan drinker and I try to not drink them as much as I can because I enjoy them too much. But there is always Grand Marnier in my Manhattan because of just what it does to the depth of the cocktail. It's really fantastic. But the, one of the recipes of Manhattan was actually found in, uh, in the Jerry Thomas uh, cocktail book, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Bible of the bartenders. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So one question I have here. Yeah, we we know the history a little bit more of Grand Marnier now, but cognac on a whole, you know, typically there's only a few distilleries that are actually producing it, and most of the cognac is sourced by the brands, you know, to then go out. Is that the same? 
for Grand Marnier? Like, is I mean, because Campari is so big, are they pumping out cognac and then merging it together with you know the orange liqueur, or how does that work for y'all in the production side of it? It's a very good question. It's we uh, we work with about 100 farmers, so we we uh, we source or we buy already cognac. Some of the cognac we're finishing the aging in our, in the chateau. Uh, in the castle of uh, uh, Bourg de Charente, in Cognac. Now the, the, the whole history has been moved to in Cognac uh, compared to for, for the little story when it started in the suburb of Paris. Uh, but it, Cognac is meant to be blended, first of all. Uh, we don't have any single vintage in Cognac unless you're a very small producer, a producer and you, you use a, uh, just one single cask. But it's been always meant to be blended. Uh, and I think most of the Cognac brands that we see, and I'm pretty sure all the cognac brands we have right now in America or exported everywhere, buy cognac from those farmers. The farmers don't even hide it. They tell us, we sell cognac for this brand, this brand, this brand, this brand. After, it's the most important thing, it's the blending process, which really makes a difference. And to do that, you need a master blender. And in Cognac, I believe at this time, we have about 33 master blenders. And we are lucky that one of them is the master blender from Grand Marnier. And his name is Patrick Ragono. And he's been a master blender since probably 16 years already. He's a grand monsieur, as we say in French, a, 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 big, a big gentleman, because this is the fourth generation of from his family. So I wonder if he has probably Cognac running into his vein instead of... <laughs> 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 but uh, it's, it's an art to blend cognac because they do a lot of the blending with the nose. So you can understand the different terroirs, different eras that we have in, in, the, in this tiny region. Also, I want to highlight that this region became an AOC. So it's a control area. So it's a limited uh, area now since 1936. And cognac sales are still going, going up, going up. So think about like champagne. So we have 98% of the cognac sales being exported and for the rest of the world. And we need to plant more vines. We need to plant the next seven years because it takes time to grow the vines mm-hmm. because there's more and more demand. So it's interesting to see, wow, how can they, how are we going to do to, I mean, it's a great news. People drink more cognac. It makes me more happy Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if, um, you know, Grammy Renee targeted specific terroirs or if it was more or less like we can take anything and that's what m- makes us unique is we can blend it regardless of what it is as long as it's a i guess you know good product so to speak can you say that yes. word one more time before he goes ahead and answers oh, no, the yeah, question that's up terroir, terroir. That's no, you, you said terroirs and and we can say uh um i mean what would be the right term in, in but terroirs we love to treat cognac like wine so anyway cognac is made from grapes is <laughs> this from grapes <laughs> we harvest it once a year so this is like one so it's very important there's this region in the different region in in, in cognac and grand champagne and petit champagne will be to age older cognac after we have bonbois fambois and borderies so what let me say it's depending on the grand marnier we have for example the grand marnier Cordon rouge uh, we're gonna work with five of the terroirs but if we're gonna go with a centenaire which is an older cognac We'll be using only the cognac from Grand Champagne and Petit Champagne. I think it's we can work with different terroirs. Each terroir has different soil. That's going to bring different notes into uh, the process, into our cognac blending. It's like making a cocktail. You need to find all the ingredients and balance it properly. So you use the terroir the same way, like if you're using different ingredients. I know Zeke has a question, 
and and hold that thought. Write that question down, Z, because I just want to mention we're a few minutes in here and we have not drank anything yet. So I know Zeke is itching to start talking about this stuff. Let's go through the first one, the the Cordon Rouge. Zeke, we know what it is. It's light. It's airy. It's got a lot of orange to it. Wonderful. It is wonderful. It goes down (laughs) super, super easy. It is 40% ABV, so it's 80 proof. We also know it is the blend of the cognac with the orange liqueur. It is really, really good. What do you what do you have to say about Cordon Rouge, Xavier? I think uh, but Cordon Rouge is, of course, the original bottle from Grand Marnier. I'd like to highlight that all of Grand Marnier uh, are the same proof, uh, 80 proof. They are all blend of cognac, but we have the same orange liqueur between the Cordon Rouge, the Cuvée Louis-Alexandre, and the Centenaire. However, what makes a difference can be the cognac ratio versus orange liqueur in the bottle and also using older cognac. So for example, the Gourmet Cordon Rouge, 51% of the bottle is a blend of young cognac up to two years old. So we almost like to compare it almost like a VS cognac, but we have some younger, we have a blend from younger cognac to up to two years old. And if you're ready for that, should we, should we test it together? I'm, I'm sure you, you already started. <laughs> we absolutely already have started. This makes me think of something, you know, I know I told Zeke to not ask his question, but this just popped in my head. So it is the merger of two families together. But how did Marnier get on the bottle where, how do you say it? What's the other family? La Postale. La Postole. So how did the La Postole family not get on the bottle, except for um, like the cap? I think it's a, it's a good question. I think it, it's definitely Louis Alexandre was a, uh, I think it was the creation of Louis Alexandre. Actually, the bottle was first called, the original bottle was called Curaçao de Marnier. And the bottle was actually rectangular. It looked like an old bottle of Geneva. They were actually doing not, they were doing okay. Uh, so we have to redesign the bottle and change the name. So I think a lot of this is because it was the creation of Louis Alexandre Marnier. And uh, also being part of the family, um, I think the product became bigger than what they thought and exploded in, in, in so many ways with the sales everywhere in the world. I think there's one important gentleman we should bring inside the story. It's Cesar Ritz. I'm sure everyone is familiar with the Ritz Hotel. Uh, Cesar Ritz is a founder of the Ritz Hotel in Paris. He used to work before the Savoy Hotel in London. And Cesar Ritz helps to redesign the bottle and change the name. So we owe him a big thanks because think about in terms of marketing in 1880. Uh, so we were using a word Petit, which means a small in French for a lot of things. Uh, Petit Parisien was uh, the local newspaper in Paris. Petit Trianon was a small chateau of Marie Antoinette behind the Versailles castle. Petit Ami, boyfriend, girlfriend. So instead of Petit, we went for the opposite to elevate the brand, we went for a sense of grand. And I think it's marketing-wise, it was really, really brilliant to um, uh, substitute um, Curaçao de Marnier by grand to elevate the brand. So I think it's just the name already has changed a lot. And there's also one more cool fact I want to bring here. Uh, do you guys know the meaning behind the shape of the bottle of Marnier, by the way? We I don't. Know Galen, Galen probably knows. <laughs> but it's actually... Uh, every time I, I go around the country and and and, uh, and train uh, everyone in Grand Marnier, it's actually I'm amazed that no one really knows the meaning behind it. It's actually the shape of the postil in cognac. Uh, so that would be uh, the top of the postil, and this would be the swan neck. So I think it's amazing that we preserve <laughs> the, this shape and this DNA 
And in 2022, you can recognize this bottle distinctively behind every back bars. And I, I think there is amazing heritage and, and story here. I feel like Marnier was the Britney Spears and Lapistol was the Jamie Lynn Spears. And the oh. family's together, but like, you know, one was the superstar. The other one's kind of there. They comment on their their sister every once in a while, but they're never going to get the stardom. They're never going to be on the bottle. I think it was just they, size yeah, and pronunciation. <laughs> just saying. I, I think it was just size and pronunciation. I mean, but that was my first thought when he, when you asked the question. I'm like, um, I think even way back in the day, this was just marketing and what looks better, sounds better, and what can people go up to a bar and even my ignorant self from podunk georgia can say grammy rna but i sure shit couldn't say this <laughs> you just time. didn't say it right <laughs> I, I like actually uh, the comparison with the uh, with business business peers the first time i heard it but i think i think there is definitely i, I think it's a family story and uh, um if you look at a lot of different cognac brands uh, outside of uh, actually one we just acquired not longer ago called bisky cognac which is part of a company group uh, Bisky Cognac was uh, created in about in the same about the same date as Grand Marnier, and same thing. It was a the union of uh, 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 two families again. So it's a lot of back in the days you were being business, you were doing business with uh, with a son-in-law and with uh, step, uh, the father-in-law, whatever. It's it was a family business, and they so it's why we see a lot of families being together. After who we have the names, it's always a question mark. But I guess the one who has the smartest maybe about it, or I don't know the one who owns the name. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting. Um, but yeah. Let's go back to this first one again. Zeke, you want to say, what do you get when you drink this? Deliciousness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, what about the nose? I mean, what did you, well, just, just from the nose perspective of it, right? I mean, I've always thought it was just super sweet. Um, obviously, very floral, aromatic. Um, you know, it, it's funny to hear the orange liqueur described as being a bitter component because it does come across that way, I guess, if you like try to singular it out mm-hmm. in the product. But mm-hmm. the synergy of it, I, I think the bitterness, it, it's just that perfect balance to where you wouldn't describe it as bitter unless somebody said, well, if you dissect like what's the cognac bringing what's the orange bringing and and, and, you know what's the relationship between the two but otherwise i I would never think of this as being a bitter product at all um i mean i've always just thought of it as super sweet rich but i love that word that you used rich because you know i think we all have different experiences and i remember this was for us uh at a different point in my life this is what we would greet each other with. It was all, yeah, I shot up Grand Marnier and that's how we began the night. And it was, it was elevated and it was grand. It was wonderful. Listen, and I don't want to get you off brand, but I thought it was chartreuse. No, no, I've had, I, I, I'm old and I've had a lot of different movements in my life. <laughs> <laughs> if you were really what, wondering what, if you were what, really what, wondering what, what Zeke has in that, 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 uh, that cup one french liqueur at a time one french liqueur at a time <laughs> <laughs> what i really love with uh, with Gamarnier, it's uh, i think it's important to understand a lot of the, the aromas you have already just in the nose uh, when, when when you smell it and to me it's there's a beautiful combination of candied orange mm-hmm. that i can smell 
but also uh, a lot of the uh, vanilla uh, uh, aromas uh, from the cognac. Let's not forget that the cognac is Asian French oak. Mm-hmm. And I always, always highlight the French oak because this is what brings the spices, the notes of vanilla that we, that we taste in Gourmandier. And we owe it to the cognac. And it's really, really, it's, I think it's, it's such a beautiful combination. Um, so just the nose on its, on its own is very, very, just so pleasant. Uh, once you taste it, we are definitely something uh, more rich. But mm-hmm. um, it's funny because I always ask everyone when I do a tasting, what do you guys think? And there's always uh, different answers. And uh, someone told me one day, it tastes like butterscotch. And I think, yeah, actually. Yeah. Butterscotch. Yeah. That's, one yeah. of the things that I just want to do, I mean, I know the century one. I don't even, I don't even have the word in front of me, so I'm not even going to try to say it. But I think that one's kind of a different animal all in and of itself because that is more of a specialty it breaks the the three figure zone of where the bottle is priced and there's nothing wrong with that i mean this is made to be a limited time offering that is special louise alexandra is more of an 80 dollar bottle where regular grandma i think is is more of a 30 dollar bottle but comparing the two and that's kind of what i had to do because when you go to the cordon rouge you're like, what's it taste like? Oh, it tastes like Grand Marnier. Like that. What's your tasting note on it? It's like, well, if if you know, like you drink Grand Marnier, you know. And yes, I can pick it apart, but it's special. It's got its own unique taste. The funny thing, and I go back to something you said, Xavier, where the the ratio of the orange liqueur to the cognac is going to be different for every offering, and and I definitely can tell that. You know, so when I look at tasting notes and to overgeneralize things, the Grand Marnier, I get more cognac. Louise Alexandra, I get more of the orange liqueur. Like, I feel like the ratio of the blend of that one got amped up on the orange. I'm able to get, like you said, some of the vanillins and the butterscotch and some of that other stuff on the, the Cordon Rouge, but... Louis Alexandra is much more just bold orange right in my nose. And that kind of overtakes a little bit of the sip as well when I go to the palate. Well, and sorry, I was going to jump in because I know at some point a few minutes back, you were explaining the composition uh, of this first one. And I think you got cut off at, right after the 51%, you know, two year ish cognac. So I was going to let you complete that just so anyone that wondered would know. Sure. So I, I think what is very important to, uh, and I always like to show the bottle even for, only the, for us uh, looking at it right now, but um, I, I think it's very important to have this blend of young cognac. Uh, and we spoke a lot about cognac. We barely actually spoke about the orange liqueur. But uh, one thing which is very important to understand is we source oranges from the Caribbean islands. And uh, uh, the type of orange we use is called the Bigaradia orange. So it's a very bitter orange liqueur, but it's bitter because we handpick the orange while it's still green. And we're going to peel the orange and leave the peels on the ground floor to dry with the Caribbean sun. Uh, then after we ship the peels to the distilling cognac to macerate them into a neutral-based spirit and go through a Columbus-Steel distillation. And that's the really uh, simple explanation. There's more to that, but this is really the simple process, which is amazing. It's, we've been using the same process since day one. We haven't changed anything. And I love to hear the story about these dried pills because imagine back in the days where we're going all the way in the Caribbean islands from France. I don't know how many weeks with a sailboat it took to go there and come back. There was no way you could bring some fresh oranges. 
So the, this technique of drying fruits has been amazing because that's the way we were, uh, actually Chinese people were already using these techniques many years before us. Uh, we were like already using drying fruits and as, uh, it's, so they were already super smart about exportation and getting all the, all the however, the dry fruit is a way to ship anything without losing any of the essence. And the maceration is a way to extract uh, this orange essence from the dry peels. And I, we've been, nothing has changed. We just probably have better uh, transportation nowadays. <laughs> I hope so. A little bit faster at least, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, well, with, with the supply chain issue, maybe maybe we're still back to the sales boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is this one, I guess... 51% cognac and then 49 orange liqueur or is there like a correct a different layer of of more aged cognac in there this is exactly what it is uh, a blend of cognac up to 2 years old uh and we have this blend of 51% cognac so i would say half and half um and it's really what gives already the versatility because i like to say some orange liqueur uh like a triple sec you will not be able to enjoy them neat so it really just showcase that the, using cognac it really gives this versatility behind Garnier. And we know people have been already drinking cognac for so many years, neat, uh, uh, from behind the kitchen when the chef were using it, uh, but mm-hmm. also also to, um, to if you go to certain cities, like just people love still love drinking Garnier neat. Like in D.C., Washington, D.C., people drink Garnier everywhere. This is, so this is, I, I like to see that it's, Still, always a nice way to drink it um, after a meal, before a meal on ice, mm-hmm. um, and, and like I said, in many, many ways, to it in the cocktails. I always like to highlight the story of a margarita. I, I think do you know that one consumer out of four in America is drinking a margarita at home or in a restaurant or in a bar. This is the most popular enjoy cocktails in in the United States, and uh, for us, having Gomarnie uh, part of the the margarita, is a, it's one of the best sellers and still is. So it, we always like to highlight this. And uh, I think it's due to the, the story of the Cadillac margarita, uh, which was created in the, in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And uh, by adding a float of Gormani to make your, to elevate your margarita and make it more premium. And, and, and I think it's awesome that now Gormani has really is placed into, hey, you want to make your margarita premium, just, just Gormani. And it's, it works very well. Again, I'm, um, it's, we still have our place here, and I always like to highlight this. And uh, very proud to say it's, it's great to use Gormani uh, uh, in the Margarita. That was definitely, you know, my first exposure easily. I mean, my dad would not make a margarita without Crab Marinade. Like, if we didn't have it, he wouldn't fire up the blender. Like, somebody's going to go to the store. It, nothing's getting made here until we have this component. I'm going to make them right, and that's it, damn it. Like, somebody go find me a bottle. <laughs> I mean, and there's nothing like, and let's be, let's keep it real. 155. There is nothing like a grandma day margarita. I'm going to tell you right now. I have seen, I have seen people lose their minds because it is a mark. There's just something about that depth that it puts it, 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 it enhances every other flavor, but always kind of keeps its own. It just says everybody comes to the party and let's have fun. It is just, 
it just does a wonderful thing with it. It's it is it's great. I mean, it is it is truly truly a, an amazing additive to that because to that because I don't drink a lot of margaritas as much as I used to. I drink a lot of mezcal margaritas if I do, but even then I'll put a float of Grand Marnier on top. It's just I put it on everything. I think it's the viscosity from the cognac. We my yeah. guess. But yeah. it, it's like a just a flowing agent where it's you know a little more just tactile on the tongue. You feel it more. It's more sensory. And I, I think you get the perception that you're absorbing more flavors because of uh, you know the way the sugars give it kind of like the bulking effect. Mm-hmm. Where when you're drinking it, it's not as thin. You know, it's a more viscous product, so you're savoring it and you're enjoying it more almost. And you think about and you think about a margarita as just a sour. You know, margarita means daisy, so it was. Brought from okay, just turn that little bottle. <laughs> Still a bottle up, Zeke. I love saying it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, the, we think about the origins of a margarita really as a sour. Um, it's it's a it's almost like a small counterbalance. So when you have that Grand Marnier that just sits on top and floats and just moves around and just has this element of just seduction, I think it's pretty spectacular. And if I may add to that, I really, I think um, actually adding a flot of Gourmandier in the lot, when I was going to the, the summertime with uh, beautiful days and sometimes very warm days, and we all know the frozen cocktails are mm-hmm. the highlight of the summer, uh, and there's nothing better than just making a frozen drink and like a, a pina colada or anything with rum and have a flot of Gourmandier on the top. It's just it just goes well, uh, so very well together, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, it just it brings a nice little kick to the drinks. Um, so I like to say the the idea of having a front of Gourmandier works in a lot of cocktails. No, I agree. I completely agree. It's funny, even drinking Cordon Rouge right now, even drinking Cordon Rouge now, and just neat. It just amazes me. Uh, I, I'm just simply amazed at the ease of it, at just the elegance of it, and how it just really has a has a certain sort of certain sort of movement that that you would not think that oh i've got to put it in something no you, it, it's completely enjoyable neat now uh xavier knows that we're going to the other marks we will continue on but it just always amazes me even when i and he teaches many more classes on these than i do but even when i tell people to go through the lineup and go back to cordon rouge they have an appreciation of like, I still see the same basic DNA that flows through the others and comes when you come back to this one. You see this grow, growing up of, of, of this, 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 this spirit. Absolutely. Actually, I'm like, should we, should we test the Cuvillus Exxon? I'm sure how everyone's feeling right now. I would love to go to I would love to go to Exxon. Yeah, unless, unless you're already drinking the Cuvillus Exxon. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to throw in the uh, the jab, like I, I mentioned, a, mentioned the show to a buddy of mine from school. Like his wedding, they had two spirits. I think it might have been Crown, but the other one was Grandma, and that's what everybody just flocked to. And I'm like, man, how much do you think we've consumed? He's like, we have shot more of this than anything else since we've known each other in '03. And I was like, all right, then we've we've got some history. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um. It's a thing, but uh, but uh, I'll, um, I'm not to jump in, but I'll let. And I, I mean, I have my talk my about bottle. it. Let's talk about yeah. this, Louis. Talk about Louis Exan. Yeah. So, hey, so, so is this the blue label though? Sorry. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. that's the cuv- the cuvee one, right? Yes. yes. Well, they're all cuvees, but this one is specific. And he'll tell you about it. But that's the one on your little bottle that has LAX on. You're a cuvee. I I just had I didn't associate in my mind that 
Louis Alexander was the blue label cuvee. <laughs> gotcha. I'm a little slow sometimes. We all know that. Well, you were drinking that night um, <laughs> at uh, at the event and when we were drinking this. All right, Louis Alexander. Let's so, go into uh, it. I'd like to say that Louis Alexander is one of the latest uh, addition of the portfolio of Grand Marnier. Uh, it's named after Louis Alexandre Marnier, and it was released actually in spring 2019. It's really great uh, cuvées, which is kind of bridging the gap of before we used to go from the Cordon Rouge accessible to the cuvée du Centenaire, much more premium. So we kind of bridge that gap uh, by bringing a really great uh, cuvées. So what we have inside is actually 82% of the bottle is a blend of cognac, and we put a blend of cognac, which is a VSOP cognac. So to be a VSOP cognac, you need to have a blend for at least four years old cognac. We put a blend from four to six years old cognac. And I like to say we did something very, first of all, it's been very well received by the industry. And uh, it's still fairly new. I think a lot of people haven't tested yet the Cuvée Louis Alexandre. And I encourage anyone who's listening to us to go, if you're a big fan of Gourmandier, go get a bottle. Uh, it's incredibly well done. And we're going to test it together. And I want to hear your feedback, guys. But um, I, I think the once we get the aromas in the nose, and as funny you we mentioned about John, you mentioned about it was for you the orange was coming more through, but I think it's on the nose you were actually totally right. It's a bit more bright, it's a bit more zesty, and there's a more like almost some essence of bergamot in the nose. It's actually mm -hmm. very surprising because you think oh it's more cognac for a while, but once you test it, it's actually the opposite. It's more deep. It's more rich. Uh, it's also, for me, very, very, very smooth. And you can test also the vanilla, the French oak, and a very long finish. And to me, this is a, a, a step above. Uh, it's a nice contrast with the Cornon Rouge. Uh, but please, what, are, what are your feedbacks? What, what do you guys think about uh, the Cuvée? What I find interesting about this and what you just said, you know, is that the nose is going to be different from the palate. You did say earlier that all Grand Marnier is blended with the nose, not with the taste going into the blending, right? Yes. When the, the cognac is blended with the nose, uh, the, the, the the cognac and the bitter orange liqueur is just uh, purely a ratio which can be uh, a blend together in a, in a giant oak vat up to six months. Do they try it in different forms first before they decide like i mean obviously you have to scale it and repeat it and especially with this kind of stuff you might just say okay or is it different for each blend for each vintage that comes out the release that you have each year the ratio cognac and range liquor will be always the same no matter no matter what is the cuvee uh the the cognac blend this is something we don't know because uh you, you have a blend between a bottle of gourmandier you have a blend be between 50 to 100 cognacs so it's it's hard to say which how many percentage there is, and only only the the chef behind the kitchen will will be able to tell us, which is <laughs> Patrick Agono, our master blender. And and you said this one was a an eighty two percent eighty two percent actually eighty two percent cognac. Gotcha. And I definitely remember the first time we had this. John, what was it like three years ago? Four. Um, I know Galen mentioned you know one of his counterparts, Andy, and he brought to a a whiskey event we were at, nonetheless. And we're like, hey, I know you guys like this stuff. It's new and we're coming out with you. you. Want to try it? And I, John and I both, first time we had it, I was like, oh, like th this is a clear step above. And without a ton of specific notes, even tasting it now, it, it's just very simply much more body, much more savory, much more deep. I mean, that one, 
yes, I've put it in a cocktail before. If I was kind of in a pinch, didn't have the uh, the cordon rouge, but I that one to me, like I'm just gonna enjoy it on its own. It, it doesn't need to be tampered or bothered with. Like this, this is just a nice, easy three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm gonna enjoy myself right now. Put my feet up. It's complete, man. It's it's just. That's one thing about the Louis Alexander, I think, is complete. We have done some things locally to try to help people get exposed to this. So they are, uh, the, you can find some really great pricing on this in some stores. Um, and to throw that out to everybody that's listening. So, you know, I know there are a lot of stores that are out there, but if you can find one that has it, it's at a really competitive price point and try it out because I dare say you will try this and love it, but it is just complete and all of itself, Zeke and the music. You just, you, I think you hit it on the head. It's just you can just that's it. You can just have it just like that. Neat. Uh, sometimes I will put this in the fridge because I like a little bit of chill on some of my on some of my things. I love what happens when something is a little just has a little chill on it, not diluted but chilled, and how it hits the tongue. And as soon as it hits my mouth, everything starts to open up. Uh, but all those sort of things that just really sort of help those spirit spirited flavors just unfurl and release themselves you're saying it tastes so good once it hits your lips palate bud palate i mean that's an old school quote there's nothing wrong with that it wasn't going i mean that's old school you're galen the tank and i i i think it's um also there's many ways to enjoy the the cuvee louis alexandre Uh, neat as it is it's delicious one of my favorite way to drink it is with a big piece of ice uh Mm -hmm. for me it's like a cocktail with one ingredient because yep. there's so much going on inside the bottle. But also with the dilution of the ice, we have a little bit more of a sweetness coming more in behind, and it opens up a lot of the, the flavors. So the, again, from, from the cognac, the, the, the notes of vanilla, the spices, it just it starts to be almost slightly buttery with a little bit of more dilution and very cold. So it's, it's just really good on its own. Um, I've seen bartenders using Cuvée with Alexandre in cocktails, more like a high-end cocktails because it's a different price point. Mm-hmm. But also think about, a, um, it goes very well with cognac uh, classic cocktails. Think about like a Vieux Carré. Vieux mm-hmm. Carré, it's one ounce cognac, one ounce rye, sweet vermouth, Benedictine bitters. Substitute the cognac with a Cuvée with Alexandre and remove a Benedictine and just put a bar spoon of Averna. And you have amazing new version of the Vieux Carré, which is, it goes so well, very well, it goes so well together. So it's, I'm really excited to see how, what bartenders are doing now with the Cuvée Louis Alexandre, because it's still fairly new to the market. Yeah. And, 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 and there's a lot of talent so coming out with some great combination. And I'm, uh, I'm just really, really excited to see what people are doing with it. They're making $50 Manhattans with it. But one, th- <laughs> <laughs> one thing I wanted to throw in. I don't know if anyone else got this, but once it hit the back palate, it was right before it got to the finish, but like right kind of at the, the top of the palate, right to the beginning of the throat, I got a black licorice bomb. And yeah. it was crazy because I'm like, man, am I having, with all the orange that's in here, and yeah, I know, I mean, I've gotten black licorice off whiskeys, but I'm like, I am getting a ton of black licorice that just shoots up. It's almost like a bomb. You know, once it goes down, it gets your throat. It comes back up. Like the finish goes both down and up at the same time. It's kind of crazy. I got to try it again. I mean, I, I think to me, the biggest sensory difference is it, it just seems to have much more, I guess, embodiment or it's developed from the French oak versus picking up sugars. Like the, the Cordon Rouge, you know, you can, you can feel and sense it's more a little sugary, mm-hmm. but this just seems to be much more 
cognac, French oak driven. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it's kind of like a cocktail in one to where the orange liqueur is there just enough to deviate it and make it a completely unique, you know, product and, and a variant, uh, you know, from the mainstream, I guess you could say. And you said it's right. This is exactly what was the goal. It's really having the, the VSOP cognac inside uh, being the uh, more forward. And it's really it's changed a lot about just and actually, I think it's really cool testing side by side because you, it's where you really see the difference uh, between a more the Cornu, which is more bright, more candied orange, but also with some uh, note of toffee and it uh, butterscotch. But it, it, it again really complex on its own, but almost with the Cuvée de Louis Alexandre, we come with something more simple, more straightforward. It's just cognac, smooth French oak. Not of vanilla and the orange liqueur just really combine very well together, but not as much, it's not as strong as it is in, in, in a Cordon Rouge. Mm. Um, however, would you be interested to try the Centenaire? Would I? <laughs> <laughs> I am interested if Galen did get the black licorice. As, would you taste it again? I did not. Okay. I did not, but I would probably say one of the things I found really interesting that Xavi mentioned with uh, the Louis Alexandre, the Bergamot. That's an interesting note that when he said that I did pick that up, uh, just because I love Bergamot. I think it's I think it's an amazing aromatic. Um, uh, it's just one of my faves. So um, that was a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, set. So to you, sir, thank you. Welcome. If you guys are ready, uh, one thing I'd like to highlight with the Gomani Cuvée du Centenaire. Centenaire means centenary. Uh, it was actually released in 1927 to celebrate the 100 years anniversary of the distillery, which was first founded in 1827. They really push older cognac inside, where actually 82% of a bottle of a cuvee de centenaire is actually an exo-cognac. Exo-cognac stands for extra old, which is a blend of at least 10 years old cognac. Yes. In this bottle, we actually put a blend from 10 to 25 years old cognac. Yes. So I like to say that, hey, we have actually a lot of things going on inside. And this is to me, gentlemen, we're drinking history. Uh, we, I think there is uh, something very special because since 1927, we kept the same, same formula. And of course, the same with the Cornel Rouge. But it's amazing. In 2022, we're still drinking this rare blend of cognac and orange liqueur. And to me, this is really what makes Cormarnier very unique because we are the only one to master this blending of old cognac and orange liqueur. No one has really tried to compete with that. So this is really who, what is Gomarni really good at. And uh, if you're ready, I'm going to invite you to uh, have, a, I mean, honest, John, if you have any questions or, or, or Zeke, <laughs> sorry, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I don't have many questions. I do find it very interesting though, that, you know, it's exactly what you said. Nobody is challenging it. You think at least, you know, with other brands and somebody does something, there's an imitation that's out there with everything with every you know especially a whiskey you know one brand puts out a certain type of finish and there's eight other brands that all of a sudden have that type of finish that comes out pretty soon is it at the point now and i'm i'm asking this is almost a rhetorical question is it at the point now where people are like grandma is so established and it's so it is what it is like I ain't even messing with that because I'm not going to knock down the champ. Like, and I'm not even going to take enough market share at this point to make it worth my while because they have the relationship with the farmers. I mean, that's, you know, like you have to get enough cognac to start this anyway. And then you have to have the right orange liqueur. Like, 
it might sound really simple. All you're doing is blending two things. And then when you break down, like this is where my project management hat comes on. You break down what it's going to take to actually get you from point A to point B and you put it on paper. You're like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to go make some whiskey. Like it's a lot easier. Well, that's kind of where I wondered is maybe not so much the cognac, but you're talking about owning this or having farms with this specific, you know, orange varietal. Does Jeremy Arnais essentially have a monopoly on these orange farms and basically they get the whole cream of the crop of where these grow? <laughs> I, I don't think we have a monopoly. I think we uh, we have tons of orange liquor on the market and I, I don't know where everyone is sourcing their oranges. Maybe some, maybe not everyone is sourcing their oranges from the Caribbean islands. But uh, the type of oranges, again, that we use is really proper to the Curaçao style. So we use uh, the Bigaradia orange. Bigardia is a very, I would say, it's more like aromatic and bitter orange. So uh, uh, we, are for sure, we have enough for Grand Marnier. I hope there's enough for the others. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, I don't think we have a monopoly. I think it's definitely a big production for sure because Grand Marnier has been established for so many years and we are uh, distributed uh, globally. So uh, it, it's uh, definitely, on top of that, I like one thing I'd like to highlight, not to always going on the stage so it's part of our conversation tonight but just in america during the year of 2021 uh the gourmet sales went up 16 percent so the great news is actually people have been drinking more gourmet than ever <laughs> so mm. we it, it's it's still very 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 popular i i think it's again on my side is hey teach the new generation of bartenders maybe drink less of the Gourmandier and maybe more some of the cool spirit maybe. And I think Gourmandier is still cool, is still cool. but hey, what can you do with it? Bissell Margarita. Have you tried to use it with bourbon? Have you tried to use it in a stir drinks? Have you tried to use it with dry cherries? It's amazing, amazing orange liquor to use because of this cognac uh, base. But we've been talking, of course, many times tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, uh, should we taste this one, though, the the Santaner. last one, Santaner? So uh, one thing I like to highlight is the color of a Santaner. We can see as more like amber, copper tint, uh, mm -hmm. definitely because of the older cognac. The nose, to me, is incredibly, um, it's a perfume. It's, I mean, perfume is not the right word, but the nose is really complex. Uh, I could smell the centenaire for all day long because it's very musky. It, to me, it feels like if you enter into uh, uh, um, an antique shop, a vintage store, and you can smell the old wood, you can smell mm -hmm. the old leather. And to me, there's this in the nose, which is really, really particular on the centenaire. And it's really so unique on its own. Centenaire almost sounds like an airline, though. I just want to mention that. It's like, how did you get back to New York, Xavier? Oh, I took Santaner. Oh, yes. I, I, I fly every night with Santaner. <laughs> I need that kind of plan. You need to talk to somebody about this. I don't know. Who, whoever gets to get it done with, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Sign us both up. Can we get a BOGO deal? I know. Look, there's companion pass with Santaner. No, I need the extra room in the back. I need first class constantly. But I will see this, though. You know, to the question that um, that you asked early, I think that it is about, and the word I think of with Gramonier is, is is iconic. It has established itself as what it is and as the leader and its uniqueness. 
Um, I don't think that anyone has ever dared to, to try to, in a sense, come for it because the simplicity of the process, the fact that the process has always been the same and remain unchanged, and that is a tried and true process speaks volumes about its production, the care, uh, the commitment to the quality. And keep in mind, I think a lot of the things that when we see these other SKUs, these other these other um, offerings coming from Grand Marnier, for a long time, you know, I've been in the bar business for a very long time. The only things that we were getting really was, was the Cordon Rouge. Um, and so then slowly but surely, we started to see more things coming into um, into the fold as far as different offerings. But it is just such a heralded liqueur. And I think it was obvious and completely right. Like sometimes what is old is new again. So a lot of the things I think we're starting to see, particularly the renaissance of Chartreuse, um, and that's uh, the renaissance of some old dusty spirits that you don't see anymore coming back into play. And old and younger bartenders remembering this is what it means to have something of this power and this mm-hmm. legacy putting into a cocktail and it just shines incredibly through. There was something that the old masters did that the new kids are looking at, right? They all studied Rembrandt. They all studied uh, Matisse. They all studied these old masters to see exactly how they need to move forward. And I think remembering this in the cocktail era is incredibly important, particularly the brand like Grand With great power comes great responsibility. I want to talk about this centenaire a little bit more. (laughs) What I will mention with this centenaire, the funny thing is the oranges smell different with the centenaire. It almost tastes like the, the oranges are cooked a little bit longer. And not to cut you off, but I would probably forget this. Yeah. In fact, you teed it up. I kind of forgot it already. (laughs) I'm assuming cognacs are aged and blended in their own independent process. And then the orange is mingled in. Or does the orange come in during the aging process? It's a very good question. The cognac is blended on its own. And uh, so the last step is what we call the mariage. So we're going to marry the orange liqueur in the cognac, in a giant oak vat, up to six months. Uh, so the cognac is definitely, uh, the blending of the cognac is, is done on its own. But I like what you say, John, is true. Um, a lot of people told me the Centenaire we have a little bit of a taste of a burnt orange, a little bit. And it's definitely uh, have the orange is more like subtle, it's more like, not as bright <laughs> of a cordon rouge. Uh, it's, to me, it's, what's really interesting is once you, once you test the Centenaire, it's, there's an incredible complexity with so many layers. We have a little bit of stone fruit, we have some apricots, we have some spices. Mm. It's an explosion in the mouth, in, in, in a, a beautiful explosion. I don't want to put it in, in an aggressive way, but uh, with almost like this anesthesia that comes to the tip of your tongue. And this is really, really just incredibly just well done to me. Um, that's a perfect after dinner liquor or like. I like to say also, it's a nice approach for people who don't, who don't drink cognac. And hey, maybe why don't you start, if you, if you have a centenaire available and you have this amazing meal in a restaurant, why don't you just end up properly with a glass of a Grand centenaire? And it's just, after having a beautiful meal, I think it's a nice way to end your evening, um, on, on, in my, on my sense. And, and I you know, like the way that the, the profile from this still varies from the Louis Alexander. I mean, you're definitely getting three completely different taste and, and savory sensations very simply like note wise for this i thought immediately it was super sweet on the front which i mean i love like that that's my jam i i, I want sweets 
all day, every day. But it was also very, very deep, even on the front. And then towards the middle, I thought it got really savory from, you know, some evaporation, which I would assume, again, the 82% cognac plus being a much higher aged product. And then the back really showcased aged product or aged cognac in French oak and just a savory sensory spice that gives you a little kick, a little bite. It seemed more mature, like, all right, the Louis Alexander, it was it was bold and savory all the way through. But this had that, you know, super sweet up front, but then enough kick at the back to be like, this is a big boy product. Uh, I accomplished something here. It is, and it's surprisingly, you will think it'd be more smooth in one way compared to the Cuvée Louis Alexandre. I think it's just a complexity of everything we have inside the, the centenaire. Uh, again, after we just tested on its own, I encourage you uh, uh, to test it after having a meal and you have actually a different centenaire. I think it's interesting once you have many flavors before that you have tested before in your mouth. Uh, mm-hmm from going from, uh, I don't know, whatever main course and beautiful desserts you can have at the end. Uh, and I like to say also, hey, gourmet need to pair with dessert. It's also amazing, you know. It pairs very well with coffee, vanilla, chocolate. So just maybe a nice way to pair also with your dessert as well. I taste, for me, for the Centenaire, I would love it with a creme brulee. Yeah. For whatever reason for me. But the Louis Alexandre, it would be something that's chocolate something that's very definitely in chocolate. I think there's a certain spice that would be enhanced with, uh, with the little exam for sure. But yeah, as soon as I, but for me, I've always thought of Santanaire as something I would love with the traditional, just vanilla creme brulee, which I think would be fantastic. I Absolutely. got the black licorice again. Yes. I did, but it was a different type, right? And I, I think it's a, I use the analogy of racehorses all the time. And I, no licorice. I get no licorice. <laughs> I get no licorice. John. I think. Look. I think this. Is, I think this is a carryover. It's okay. not. It's not okay. a carryover because it it's tastes the oils. I mean, okay. my palate is my palate. Your jorts are your jorts. They are. <laughs> you guys could hate on me all you want, but I definitely get it. I get other stuff in there as well, but. I think it's just the way that the orange, as you put in a little bit older cognac and a little bit more mature cognac, I think the younger cognac kind of, you know, it's like the same thing I would say in a whiskey where you, the, a younger whiskey has a different taste. It's a little more lemon lime for me mm-hmm. is the, the younger note that I get in a whiskey. I think the older that grandma ages and the more complexity that you're then putting in there. For me, it just comes through as a black licorice. And maybe that is because I'm a fat kid and that's like, I equate it to things like candy and licorice and stuff like that. But I definitely get something on here. I loved it though. I'm just curious on this. What is the MSRP? Because I see this online anywhere from 113 to 179. What is this typically supposed to go for? I think it's going to depend on uh, where you are. Give me a range, like what, like a, a $20 range. I'll give you a median. You should see this probably at a, about $159. Okay. That median's great. We just want to so send me the link to expectation. site. I will. <laughs> I'm on it. All of these have been fun, and, and definitely the progression did become much more in-depth, much more more savory. I think to kind of circle back before we wrap everything up and, and back to the Cordon Rouge, because that being um, 
I guess probably the, the most used product. And you talked about Mezcal, which I love. Five days a week, I'm there with you. What kind of curveball cocktail would you throw out there that most people wouldn't think the Cordon Rouge just really uh, embellishes or, or you know takes it to a different level that's not on the mainstream? Because I, I, I think me, the Mezcal is getting there. It's growing, man. That skew is getting bigger. I think it's the, the easiest pairing you can have. And again, I think there's so many recipes I want to give you right now in my top of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think it's, hey, you can't go wrong with the sidecar. I always like to call the sidecar the French margarita. <laughs> it's definitely what it is. You substitute the, 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 the agave with the cognac and instead of the lamb, you use the, the lemon. To me, it's just, companions already have cognac inside, so you can think about a better pairing to use a cognac base to pair with Gourmandier. I will go for a sidecar. That's, that's my go-to. You can go wrong. Anyone can make a sidecar. It does not require 10 ingredients. And this is you, it's hard to get disappointed from that. Zeke, do you want me to make sure you have his email after this so you can keep talking to him? <laughs> I mean, it probably wouldn't hurt. I, I, I need to know what kind of mezcals aren't on my radar that he's already found because you, you know that's been my jam for more than a minute now. <laughs> we know this but for now we are very very happy that he talked to us about grand marnier i think i i can't wait to hear some more cocktails i can't wait to get together with you in person when galen brings you through nashville to have a drink laugh and catch up and try to get galen and zeke to taste the black licorice we'll get them there someday did he confirm he got it too I, I, I don't think he did. He did. He said yes. When I okay. said it. I think John's rejecting right now. I think he just kind of nodded like, I don't know what that guy's got going on, but I'm just going to let him roll with it. He's my guest. I, you know, <laughs> he's, he's a gracious guest. Yeah, no, honestly, thank you so much, Xavier. This has been a blast. And Galen, you know we love you. Yeah, well, thank you guys for uh, you know letting us. I know we can talk about this for a minute, but I'm, I thank you, Xavier, for making the time. And Thanks, John and Zeke, for being available. And I think this is great. This has been fantastic. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Zeke and John. And again, of course, for having me on, on your podcast. Uh, I, I think it's amazing that um, I hope people get excited to hear always about Cormarnier. I think there's a lot to talk about behind this beautiful liqueur. And uh, and if anyone has any questions, so I hope we can share some of the uh, uh, email or Instagram because I'm always available. It's really uh, uh, my pleasure to talk about Cormarnier event almost 24 hours and seven days on seven I sleep sometimes <laughs> but 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 it's 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 a fascinating liquor and uh, there is there's so much to say behind it so thank you very much again for allowing me to be here and talk about Gourmandier and I, I hope you enjoy your so testing it together as well we really appreciate it go ahead and find Grand Marnier find Xavier on the interwebs I think he said he's on Instagram Galen's on Instagram you could go ahead and find him as well find Campari find Grand Marnier all that good stuff find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon Twitter at Bourbon Dads Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon please leave us an open and honest review just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink and and sometimes the Grand Marnier we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.